to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jade Sports Dude. And if you are listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode 17 in our season finale of our season-long journey. So if you're a returning listener, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, well, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? Guys, we have a lot to talk about today, so sit back and relax because I got you i'm coming to you from a place i like to call the saloon so bartender what do we have on tap for today on tap today is a recap of the WAC tournament and a look ahead to the next season Alrighty, thank you bartender i have my lasso in hand and it's time for our post game roundup the segment where i round up my thoughts in the most recent new mexico state games and in this case the aggies earned a 77 to 61 win over utrgv on thursday in the quarterfinals of the WAC tournament and then a 78 to 62 win over utah valley the next day in the semifinals before eventually suffering a 74 to 56 loss to grand canyon in the championship game on saturday now that marked the end of the road for new mexico state which finishes the year with a 12 record and I have my takeaways from the tourney. My first takeaway is something that became very apparent in the loss to Grand Canyon and it's that New Mexico State needs more size at the center position. Now that's something that we knew the Aggies were going to be lacking heading into the season with Johnny McCants a 6 foot 7 guy at the 5 spot. The team was able to make up for that in its semifinals game against Utah Valley though by packing the paint because the Wolverines aren't a very good shooting team and it did work. Fardal's AMAC, the WAC player of the year was held scoreless and Utah Valley only managed to score 12 points in the paint while shooting 5 for 21 from behind the arc which is 23.8%. But that strategy only works when you're playing a team that can't shoot the three ball, and we saw just how much it can backfire in the championship game against Grand Canyon. The Aggies had no choice but to bring help against 7-foot center Abjorn Midgard down low, and the Lopes' shooters really made them pay. Grand Canyon went 8 for 21 from deep, 38.1%, and there really was nothing New Mexico State could do to stop it. Now, the Aggies do already have size on the roster with 6'10 center William McNair and 6'9 center Mayan Kerr, but neither of them really impressed this season. McNair showed flashes, but he hasn't been able to consistently carve out a big role, and Kerr struggled to even stay on the court due to a coaching decision, so I don't know what's going on there, but that's definitely not a good sign. New Mexico State also hasn't gotten any centers to commit just yet for next year, but we'll see if they can do that because even if they get a traditional big man and he doesn't start, just having a reliable option that you can sub in for certain matchups will at least give the team more options. And now it's time for my second takeaway and it's that the Aggies deserve credit for the way they fought at the end of the season. New Mexico State faced about as much adversity as any team in the country this year. The Aggies never played a true home game. They had to cancel slash postpone 10 contests throughout the campaign. They went on pause twice and they couldn't stay healthy with injuries to guys such as Jabari Rice and Clayton Henry. And when the team was on the court, it just wasn't up to par with previous New Mexico State squads. But the Aggies turned that around down the stretch and played some of their best basketball when it mattered most. They finally earned a series sweep against Dixie State to close out the regular season. They blew past UTRGB and Utah Valley in the first two rounds of the tournament. And they just played like a team that had more fight than it did earlier in the season. It's definitely disappointing that it culminated in a blowout loss to Grand Canyon. But you have to give this team some credit for fighting down the stretch. The Aggies ended the season as a pretty good basketball team, which is something that they weren't at the 
start of the year. They just so happen to run into a better one in the title game. And finally, it's time for my big takeaway of the day. And it's that the road back to the top of the WAC hierarchy is only going to get more difficult for New Mexico State. Now, it's hard to tell just how good a team like Grand Canyon will be next season because we don't know if seniors such as Midgard, Alessandro Lever, Oscar Freyer, and Mikey Dixon will return. They do have that option because every player in the country gets an extra year of eligibility. But even if the Lopes aren't at full strength, there are other teams that are a real threat in the whack. AMAC is only going to become a junior for Utah Valley after earning the Conference Player of the Year award, so he should only get better. And Trey Woodbury is about to be a senior as well. We saw what he could do against the Aggies in the tournament. Then there's Seattle. Darion Trammell was the conference's leader in points per game, and he did that as only a sophomore, so he's going to be a junior as well. And to top all of that off, we're getting five new teams in the conference, folks. Abilene Christian, Lamar, Sam Houston State, Stephen F. Austin, and Southern Utah are now in the mix, and those are some pretty good ball clubs. I'll get into that in a little bit in segment number two. Now, my point is that the level of competition in the WAC is only getting better, and those days of being New Mexico State versus the field along over. The Aggies have to take back the crown, and it's going to be a lot easier said than done. Alrighty, so that buzzer means it's time for segment number two, which is a look ahead to next season. There's a lot that needs to happen before we can really get an understanding of which team is the favorite in the WAC, but I'm going to give you all a rundown of what you should be monitoring this offseason. The first and biggest one has to be which players come back. Like I said in the first segment, every player has been given an extra year of eligibility due to all that has been going on with the season. So that means seniors and even redshirt seniors are able to return. Now there is no timeline for these decisions. It's just a matter of when each player makes up his mind. So I already know I'm going to be getting those questions all offseason. Is Johnny McCants coming back? Is Evan Gillier coming back? I've already had a few people ask me that and my answer to that is going to be the same. I'll be monitoring it throughout the offseason. As soon as I know, you guys will know. Hopefully that will lessen the voicemails, the emails, and the DMs. I doubt it, but just know I'm going to be on top of it, guys. And now the next thing to watch this summer is the transfer portal. Just because a player decides to return does not mean he has to return to his current team. You can go somewhere else and gain immediate eligibility. I've already seen an example of that in the WAC. UTRGV senior Javon Levi entered the transfer portal on Monday. It's obviously a big loss for the Vaqueros, seeing as he's a two-time WAC Defensive Player of the Year winner and really the heart and soul of that squad, but it is an understandable decision. I'm really interested in seeing how his game would translate to say a power five program i hope he gets that opportunity because he can definitely hoop with the best of them but levi isn't the only player in the conference who was on his way out seattle's angelo stewart also entered the transfer portal on monday he's a six foot one sophomore who averaged 1.2 points in 4.8 minutes per game this season he wasn't able to carve out a big role this year partially because he's playing behind darion trammell who averaged 35.7 minutes per contest he's the undisputed star of that backcourt and we'll see if stewart can find a bigger role elsewhere so those are the only two WAC players that have entered the transfer portal so far. And of course, another thing to monitor is which players transfer into the conference. You look at some of the top guys in the WAC this season, Trammell, Utah Valley's Fardos, AMAC, Grand Canyon's Abjord Midgard. All three of them were newcomers this year, so keep an eye out for what fresh new talent comes in this time around. And speaking of fresh new talent, five new teams are joining the WAC this upcoming season. The list is Abilene Christian, Lamar, Sam Houston State, Stephen F. Austin, and Southern Utah. It's a great move for the conference because it strengthens the field and provides some real stability. I wrote an article when this news broke back in January where I gave a look at each of the five teams, but I'm going to give you all a quick rundown of that right now. Let's go ahead and start off with the top squad, which is Abilene Christian. The Wildcats went 23-4 this season, 13-2 in the Southland Conference, and they're actually set to face Texas in the opening round of the NCAA Tournament this Saturday as the 3-14 matchup. The team is led by Colton Cole, a 7-foot redshirt senior 
senior who's averaging 12.3 points and 4.8 rebounds per game. He's primarily an interior scorer, but Joe Pleasant and Corian Mason are a pair of double-digit scorers who provide some three-point shooting for the squad. Abilene Christian leans on its defense to generate offense. The Wildcats force an average of 26.7 turnovers per 100 of their opponent's possessions, which ranks first in the country. Then there's Sam Houston State. The Bearcats went 19-9 on the season, 13-3 in the Southland Conference. Their undisputed star is Zach Nuttall, a 6'3 junior who's averaging 19.7 points and 5.8 rebounds per game while shooting 38% from behind the arc. Whether it be finishing at the rim, getting to the line, or letting it fly from deep, Nuttall is a gifted scorer, and his right-hand man is Demarcus Lampley. The 6'2 senior is averaging 14.7 points per game on 39.8% shooting from three-point range. If you haven't caught on to the trend yet, this team likes to shoot it from deep. It's a fast-paced offense. They're running and gunning, and similar to Abilene Christian, they force a lot of turnovers as well. Now let's move on to Stephen F. Austin. The Lumberjacks went 16-5 this season, 12-3 in the Southland Conference, and they're one of the most experienced teams on this list. They had four double-digit scores this season, and all of them were seniors. The top guy is Gavin Kensmill, a 6'7 forward who averaged team highs of 15.9 points and 7.1 rebounds per game on 63.2% shooting from the floor. He's exclusively an interior scorer, and he's excellent at drawing contact and getting to the line. This whole team actually makes its living down low. 62.1% of Stephen F. Austin's points this season came from inside the arc, which ranks first in the country, and it also ranks seventh in the country in offensive rebound percentage at 36.7%. Obviously, the key to success for this team next season is going to be how many seniors decide to come back, but if a good amount of them do return, this team will definitely be dangerous. Then we have the fourth and last Southland Conference squad making the move, which is Lamar. The Cardinals went 10-8 last season, 7-2 in conference play, although they made a run in the Southland Conference tournament and reached the championship game before falling to Abilene Christian. The team is led by Davion Buster, a 5'10 junior who averaged 15 points per game on 38% shooting from deep. Buster is a score-first point guard, but the true facilitator is freshman Kaysen Harrison. The 6'1 guard averaged a team-high 4 assists to go along with 13.1 points per contest. Lamar's defense actually led the way down the stretch of the season, allowing an average of just 57.8 points per game during its six-game winning streak leading up to that loss to Abilene Christian in the title game. And finally, we have the only newcomer that isn't from the state of Texas, and that's Southern Utah. The Thunderbirds went 20-4 on the season, 12-2 in Big Sky Conference play, and they won the regular season conference title before losing to Montana State in the semifinals. Southern Utah is led by Tavion Jones, a 6'7 junior who averaged 16.9 points and 4.5 rebounds per game. He's a freak athlete who can explode around the rim, and he also shot 34.9% from distance, not too shabby. John Knight III is also a 6'3 senior who averaged 14.4 points and a team-high 4.4 assists per contest. And the Thunderbirds had two other players who averaged at least 12 points per game. This is a team that can just flat-out score the basketball. It averaged a conference-best 84.2 points per game. And you can expect that to be the case next season. But speaking of season, that is going to do it for season two of Straight Shooter. Thank you so much to those who followed the show all year. I've said it before, but this is something that I put together entirely on my own. It takes a lot of time and effort. As I'm recording this, this is actually my 17th straight day of working, so I definitely need a break. But guys, I really enjoy putting these episodes together. It's worth it because of all the love that you guys show. So thank you for that. We'll be back at it for season number three. But before that happens, we have season two of Stray Shooter, my off-season web series coming up. I'll probably start that in about a month or two. I don't really have an exact date in mind yet, but after doing this every week for over four months straight, I need a little bit of time to recharge my batteries before jumping back into it. And that doesn't mean I'll be going ghost in the meantime. I have some off-season content lined up that I'm really excited about. The grind does not stop. 
But that's a wrap for season two, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, share it with the rest of Aggie Nation, and consider subscribing or following, depending on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you guys want to stay up to date with all things Aggie Hoops, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JadeSportsDude and subscribe to the Las Cruces Sun News. This has been Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jada Sports Dude. I'll see you guys next season. I'm out.